your brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. When your sink is in trouble, you could call us on the double. We're faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. Thank you, Super Mario Bros. It seems like the only thing you haven't drained is my bank account. For super service, call or text Super Mario Bros. Plumbing today. Hello, hello, my name's Tommy, and I am delighted to welcome you to Podcast Assemble. The Super Mario Bros. movie has reportedly crossed the $1 billion mark at the global box office, making it the highest grossing video game movie of all time. And it's certainly a movie. We actually talked about it over on our podcast, Podcast Assemble, where we just streaked past 100 episodes ourselves. Check it out, I'll link the episode below. Now, the Super Mario Bros. movie is chocked full of references, allusions, and callbacks to the expanded Mario universe. Just don't scratch beneath the surface too much, or you might find a prime example of Hollywood's fixation on nostalgia baiting to create trailer-ready moments rather than plot substance. But let's not focus on that. This movie, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? So today we're counting down the top 10 most Mario moments in the global phenomenon. At number 10, now where better to begin than the beginning? At the start of the movie, Mario and Luigi have branched out on their own, creating their own plumbing business. It's small businesses that are the lifeblood of the economy, you know. And when they get the call for their first ever job, their van doesn't quite share the same enthusiasm the brothers do to get moving. So the brothers decide to parkour through Brooklyn to make it on time. But it keynotes. In a blink and you'll miss it moment, and in what appears to be a regular old patch of city street, we can see a very specific color arrangement of street signs, paint cans, and even a flagpole, which strongly hint at this being a direct reference to none other than World 1-1 on the OG level of the Mustachio Menaces adventures from the 1985 Mario Bros. movie. God, that game was hard as a kid. Now at number nine, despite the Super Mario Bros. movie raking in enough gold coins at the global box office to immediately greenlight a sequel, the film isn't without its controversies. With a star-studded voice cast in tow, the choice to have Chris Pratt voice the titular hero went down about as well as a lead balloon with some of the fans. However, the voice we most associate with a video game adaptation of Mario, Chris Martinet, does get his chance to shine in the film. Though he doesn't voice his most iconic role, Martinet does voice Mario and Luigi's father, for which he took the opportunity to deliver a tonally gruff characterization of a Brooklyn resident. And interestingly, one which is more in line with how he originally intended to play the video game character. Hello, I'm Mario. Let's make a pizza pie together. You go get some sausage. I'm gonna get some spaghetti. We put spaghetti in the sausage and- If you like that reference, why not drop us a like and subscribe to call back to stay up to date with all of our geek content. At number eight, what would a Mario Bros movie be without a Mario Kart reference? I, I mean, it is all over the trailers. After Mario and Peach win Kong's trust along with their army, the new formed supergroup must dash back to the Mushroom Kingdom to defend it from the imminent arrival of Bowser and the destruction he brings. To do so, the team must do their best fast and furious impressions. 
And we're treated to a callback to the classic Mario Kart build your own kart screen in a scene brimming with callbacks. You'll recognize not only the classic game setup, but callbacks to various arcade versions as well. The use of a slot machine for our heroes to choose their car parts is a direct visual reference to Mario Kart 7, with a number of the car parts being callouts to 7 and even 8. My partner always plays as Toad, but the movie version seems way cooler than he does in the games. Number 7. When being sucked into the parallel universe, Mario and Luigi are separated, with Luigi ended up in the Darklands, which is exactly like it sounds. Here, he inevitably is captured and taken to Bowser. There's gotta be a way out of here. There's no escape. The only hope is the sweet relief of death. Whoa! Oh, you've got to be kidding me! <laughs> Aside from subverting the classic Mario tropes, which we'll touch on shortly, in a more subtle homage to the video games, before being taken prisoner, Luigi finds himself wandering around in a... Well, it actually looks like a castle. But for the sake of this, let's say it's a mansion. Though not an exact callback, the shared visual cues of a scared and solo Luigi in a frightening building with his trusty torch being his only source of light clearly harken back to the various Luigi's mansion titles. Just a shame there was no Professor Egad to help him out of this pickle. You're so cool. And with my star, we're gonna rule. Now, the games have moved on a lot since the early days of leaning heavily on the damsel in distress cliche, but it could have been very, very easy for the movie to fall back on the, those very tropes. In the Super Mario Bros. movie, we are introduced to a significantly more capable Princess Peach, who is definitely more Wonder Woman than Mary Jane Watson. Peach has proven more than a handful of times in the games what she's capable of, and the movie reflects some of the more epic traits of the character we have gotten over the years. As she performs acts of daring and bravery alongside the titular hero, and going all Elsa in the final scene. Though as we are talking about references, these are in abundance too. With her stylish flagpole dismount during her training course, being a direct callback to her signature floating ability, which... Well, you know, by now you'll, you'll guess it's, it's from the games and stuff. At number five. Now we've barely talked about the Mushroom Kingdom, which has an eye-watering amount of blink-and-you'll-miss-it moments calling to retro video games and pop culture. And there are some super niche references in there too. As Mario is being frog-marched by Toad up to the palace, they walk by a number of shops. Within the blur of storefronts, is one which the keenest Mario fans are likely to notice, as Mario struggles through the crowd in the background is a store called Crazy Caps. Its purple and yellow colour scheme will likely set eagle-eyed gamers' nostalgia radars whirring, specifically those who played Super Mario Odyssey. In the game, our hero visits Crazy Cap stores to buy new outfits and power-ups, which help him navigate the various trials along his adventure. But if that's there before Mario arrives, does that imply that the mild-mannered toads were using the power caps for some nefarious purposes before his arrival? Food for thought. Number four. Now, on our aforementioned podcast, Podcast Assemble, we discussed in some depth the music of the movie. Admittedly not our strong point. 
though me and my co-host DL, we were split on the soundtrack, but we both loved the score. By far one of the most unique ways to deliver references to the various gaming titles, the score created by Brian Tyler was done so in collaboration with tenured Mario games composer Koji Kondo. The score takes elements from the games and combines it with a more modern-feeling musical score to perfectly align the movies and the tone of the plot beats, referencing small details from the games, such as Bowser's laugh. It all comes together perfectly. For our number three, Yoshi is a faithful sidekick all around cutie pie, and absolute abomination in the 1993 Bob Hoskins starring Super Mario Bros. film. If you don't know, just you gotta go and check that out. It's weird. Mario's faithful steed was conspicuously missing from the movie with no direct reference to the character, to the dismay of some fans. We are treated to seeing a number of Yoshis living their best lives as Mario, Peach and Toad leave the Mushroom Kingdom, though none quite match the colours of our favourite gluttonous dinosaur. However, if you were keen enough to stick around for the post-credits scene, we find an egg from the parallel universe has been left in Brooklyn, and we'd hedge that it's got sequel bait written all over it. I, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be Yoshi. But Yoshi, that's what it is. Number two. Rainbow Road is notorious as one of the hardest tracks in the series. Hell, I'd say even all video games. I can't tell you how bloody annoying it is to be running the perfect lap on the N64 version, and the slightest oversight means you go careering over the edge, losing at least four spots in the process. And the movie has a lot of fun capturing the madness that is Rainbow Road in the scene where the Cooper army are ambushing Mario, Peach, and the Kongs. In a delightful homage to one of the few moments of respite on the hellish course, the movie sees Mario take a shortcut, doing so to divert the Cooper general away from the princess. Calling back to the in-game section of the track where you seemingly jump over the edge to your doom. But if you get it just right, you land on the far side of the track, basically allowing you to skip a large section of the course and annoying the heck out of your friends. It is priceless. And at number one. As I mentioned up top, the movie is in many ways an excuse to cash in on squishing as many I recognize that moments into a feature film as possible. On top of the ones we've already listed here, we're kind of cheating with our number one spot, as there are so many references, this could have been a top 20 list. But in all seriousness, it is the little, more subtle references that did it for us in the Super Mario Bros. movie, such as there being a Jumpman arcade in the pizzeria, and Jumpman was Mario before Mario was even Mario. When Mario makes it to Peach's castle, and the toad guarding the entrance says, the princess is in another castle, gave us Vietnam-style flashbacks to every time we finished a level, and the princess is in another damn castle. Wait, I did. Our princess, though, is in another castle. Another example is Bowser's white tuxedo, mirroring the one he wore in Mario Odyssey. And finally, the wealth of Mario sound effects brought in from the game all make this a delightfully nostalgic trip down memory lane. But what we want to know is, what do you think? 
Did we miss your favorite reference? Let us know in the comments below. We love it when you keep it civil. And while you're there, feel free to drop us a like, share, and subscribe. Linked below is our website, www.podcastassemble.com, where you can find all of our podcasts from Podcast Assemble and so much more. Why not join us for more geek content? Thanks for popping by, guys. Tally ho!